0: Good morning. So, take a walk on the wild side. That's our theme for the day and that's the title of my lesson. So, a few weeks ago the campus ministry went to the Great Smoky Mountains and woo-hoo, we had fun. And I um, am not, a, I usually don't get myself uh, souvenirs, but I was in a souvenir shop and I saw this sweatshirt that said wilderness. <laughs> i like the color too so i'm like i need it i have to wear that for my lesson because we're taking a walk on the wild side um and so that's i don't know if i will wear it the whole time because i might get a little warm um anyway so what do you think of when you hear the word wilderness and i do intend for you to say something ah bears Lots, lots of what miles from everyone yes bugs the great outdoors what all things nature okay so there's a lot of things that you think of when you think of wild and wilderness and so when I first hear the word wilderness I think scary you know because it's dangerous you know you hear about the people that are hiking and get mauled by a bear you know you hear about the people that are up in the mountains and they fall to their death you know uh off a cliff so there is danger out in the wilderness um there's the wild animals you know the bears and the lions and coyotes and all of that that could eat you so there is danger um but I also thought about Jesus when he was tempted. So in Matthew 4 verses 1 and 2. I am old school. I have my Bible and I have all of my tabs so I can get to my verses and I will give you time to get to your verses or pull them up on your phone. So Matthew 4 <coughs> excuse me. verses 1 and 2. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So there can be danger in the wilderness. You know, the devil is there. He's going to try to tempt you. Um, But that's all that I have to say that's bad. Okay. So the next thing I think about... When I think of wildernesses, I think of beauty, you know, some of you guys were like trees and nature and, you know, uh, plants and flowers and, you know, there's so much beauty in nature, you know, I grew up out in the country, so I got a lot of it and I, I'm a nature girl, you know. I love being in nature and I love it when it rains. And my, my boy, you know, Zach, most of you guys know him, uh, he loves it when it rains. And, uh, so he takes that after me. <clears throat> so, uh, so there is so much beauty in nature, so much good stuff in nature. So I wanted to look at, you know, what the Bible has to say about the good things that we can find in nature. So let's stay in Matthew 4 and go to verse 11. So Jesus goes to the desert, he's fasting for 40 days, he's hungry, he's tempted, and the devil goes through all these different temptations, and Jesus comes back to the Word, you know, and defeats Satan by the Word. And then in verse 11... It says, then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So even though he was in the desert, he was in the wilderness, the angels were there to attend to him. So God is always there with us, even in the bad times. Uh, The next person I wanted to look at was John the Baptist. Uh, So if we go to Luke chapter 1. In verse 80, we're going to look at a couple of verses for him. They're both in Luke. So Luke chapter 1, verse 80. This is right after um, Zechariah's song, after John has been born, so he's still a baby, you know. And then it says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. In Luke chapter 3, so just a couple pages over, in verse 2, it says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. And so, when I, I looked at that, I'm like, why did John live in the desert? Why did he go out there? And then I thought about, well... Was he there to get closer to God? Because, you know, he's out in the desert. Nobody else is out there, you know? He is far away, like uh, Sheila said, miles and miles from everyone, you know? So maybe John lived in the desert to get closer to God, okay? Uh, and that's where the word of the Lord came to him. <clears throat> the next verse I want to look at is looking back at Jesus again in luke chapter 5 so we're spending a lot of time here in luke so luke chapter 5 verse 16 now (laughs) so I, i have to tell you this when i was single the first time you know and i'm lonely and i want to get married i looked up in my concordance lonely there in that particular concordance there were two passages that mentioned lonely and this was one of them and i'm like that does not help me. <laughs> so, but, uh, but it applies here. So Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Yet the news about him spread, oh, I'm sorry, that was 15, uh, verse 16, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And so when I was looking at wilderness, you know, that I love the Bible app because it a concordance looks for just that word you know wilderness but you know the bible app will say will pull in verses that just kind of have to do with that and so i probably wouldn't have found this verse if i was just looking up wilderness and so but it makes sense he went to lonely places he get, stepped away from the crowds so he could spend time with his father The next group of people that I thought of with the wilderness, and actually this is the first group that I thought of, but the Israelites, you know, (laughs) whenever you think of wilderness, the first group that probably comes to your mind is the Israelites, because they wandered around in the wilderness for a long time, and so I I, I read a lot about them and, and what they did and what they said, and, you know, I realized it was the wilderness that got the Israelites out of slavery, you know, so you might look at the wilderness as being a bad thing, you know, like I said earlier, but it was really a good thing. God used the wilderness to get those Israelites out of slavery. Now, they preferred slavery because they did a lot of grumbling and complaining, uh, which we will look at, uh, but the the main purpose of getting them into the wilderness was get to get them out of slavery so we're going to look at a few verses the first one is in numbers 20 verses 3 through 5 and i'm going to look at how um the israelites grumbled you know God rescued them from slavery, brought them into the wilderness, and they did not appreciate it. So in Numbers chapter 20, uh, verses 3 through 5, it says... They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this desert that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs or grapevines or pomegranates and there is no water to drink. You have to read it like that. (laughs) When when you read that verse, you have to read it like that. Right? It's like... (laughs) You know, (laughs) and so God rescued them. And yes, the wilderness is not this wonderful place to be, but he rescued them. And Psalm 78 is a passage and it's basically the history of Israel. Okay. So in 78, we're going to come back to it multiple times. So right now, we're just going to look at verses 17 through 19, and then verse 40. Okay, so Psalm 78, 17 through 19, and then 40. In verse 17, it says, But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the desert against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the desert? Um, Well, yeah, he can. Verse 40. How often they rebelled against him in the desert and grieved him in the wasteland. And the thing that I thought about, and I do not need a show of hands, but how many of you complained about the location of the ladies' retreat this year? Like I said, I I don't need another show of hands. But, you know, how many of you... When you heard, oh, we're going to Redemption Ranch, we're going to stay in cabins, we're going to be in a barn, you know, how many of you were like, come on, we're not in the Posh Hotel, we don't have a swimming pool, and a sauna, and a whirlpool, we don't have Wi-Fi, oh my gosh, (laughs) so how many of you were following in the footsteps of those israelites you know god is calling you to a place to commune with him to get close to him and are you grumbling and complaining because it's not the way we always do it and it's not comfortable and i don't like bugs and uh, just saying (laughs) um You know, let the spirit, you know, do whatever he needs to do with you. (laughs) So the next verse is Numbers 14. This is verses 20 through 23. And with this, the Israelites who grumbled didn't make it out of the wilderness. So Numbers 14, 20 through 23, it says, the Lord replied, I have forgiven them, as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. So, God forgives you, you know, when we grumble and complain, but he doesn't bless you, you know. The first verse said, I have forgiven them, you know, but he won't bless you, you know. If you're here in this wilderness and you're like, ah, I don't want to be here, okay, you know, you're not going to get much out of it, okay. So, think about that as we begin this this weekend, that he will forgive the grumbling and complaining, but, you know, he's not necessarily going to bless you. Um, And I just put on my paper here, are you stuck because of grumbling and complaining? You know, the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, they were in the desert, and then they stayed there. You know, it was their children who got to see the promised land because they didn't trust God and they because they grumbled and they complained. And like the one verse, can he put a table in the desert? Why, yes, he can, you know, but they didn't see what he could do and what he was doing for them. (coughs) Excuse me. All right, so let's, you know, talk about some positive things here. So God bringing the Israelites out of Egypt into the desert, into the wilderness, was a good thing, but they didn't see it. So now let's go to Hosea 13. So I'm going to look at some positives that happened in the desert with the Israelites. Um, The first thing I want to look at is God provided for the Israelites in the desert. So I'm going to look at a few verses here. The first one is Hosea 13, verse 5. God just says, I cared for you in the desert, in the land of burning heat. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 21. <clears throat> So, Nehemiah 9, verse 21. For 40 years you sustained them in the desert. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. And then back in Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verse 14. And verses 52 and 53. So Psalm 78 verse 14 says, He guided them with the cloud by day and with light from the fire all night. Oh, that was not what I wanted to say. <laughs> I was going to say that next. Right now we're looking at verses 15 and 16. Sorry about that. Okay, Psalm 78, 15 and 16. So it's right after what I just read. He split the rocks in the desert and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. In verse 24, it says, He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. In verse 27, He rained down meat on them like dust, flying birds like sand on the seashore. So he was providing for them, and taking care of them in the desert. Uh, So that was Psalm 78, verses 15 and 16, verse 24, and verse 27. Of course, all of Psalm 78, like I said, it's the history of Israel, so you can go back and read the whole thing. So the next thing that I wanted to look at was, God guided the Israelites safely through. (laughs) That's why I knew I read the wrong verse, because I'm like, wait, that's not what it's supposed to be saying here. So Psalm 78, verse 14, uh, what I read earlier, he guided them with a the cloud by day, with the light of fire all night. Um, and then 52 and 53. But he brought his people out like a flock. He led them like sheep through the desert. He guided them safely so they were unafraid, but the sea engulfed their enemies. So God provided for the Israelites while they were in the desert, while they were in the wilderness. And he led them through um, and one of the things that I thought of this morning was even the complainers were taken care of when they were wandering in the wilderness. Even though they didn't get to go into the promised land, they were still part of Israel. So he he still provided for them. He still led them. You know. So he forgave them and he led them and he provided for them. He just didn't bless them with. The promised land. Okay, so think about it. Um, Sometimes God will lead you to a wilderness for a reason. You know, God has led you to this ladies' retreat for a reason. And hopefully, you will, He will make it clear to you at some point in time this weekend. Now, then I was, as like I said, I was looking at wilderness and desert in my concordance, in my, you know, Bible app, and um, I, I saw some people, and, and it wasn't quite what I was looking for, but then I realized, oh, I need to say this. So, I am going to give you passages for you to look at later, okay? I'm not going to read these passages, okay? But I want to look at three people who took themselves into the wilderness. You know, so we just talked about, you know, God leading the Israelites into the wilderness. So now I'm going to look at three people who went to the wilderness of their own accord. The first person is Hagar in Genesis chapter 16 verses 6 through 10 is the passage that I was specifically going to look at, but you can look at the whole story. So, Hagar was there's Abraham and well, Abram and Sarai, and God promised Abram, I'm going to give you, you know, your descendants are going to be the, you know, sands of the seashore, and they weren't getting pregnant, so Sarai was like, here, sleep with my maid servant Hagar, and you know, so he does, and she gets pregnant, and then there's strife, and so Hagar runs away and she is in the desert and God sent an angel and the angel blessed her and he said, your son will become his own nation. And so she was running away from the torment of Sarai and God met her there. The second person was Elijah. He had just, and this is first kings 19 verses 3 through 9 and he had just defeated the prophets of Baal you know Ahab and Jezebel were the king and queen and he basically made a challenge you know it's like my God's bigger than your God and he's like okay so you know have your God burn up this sacrifice and Couldn't happen, and then he was like, God, take care of it. God burned it up, and then they killed all these prophets, and then Jezebel was really angry, and she's like, I'm going to kill you. And so he ran away, (laughs) and he ran away to the desert because he was afraid. And even though he his faith faltered and he was running away to the wilderness, God sent an angel and provided food for him and strength for him. And so he ran away and God met him there. Just like Hagar. And then the last person that I wanted to look at was the demon-possessed man in Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 35. This is the man who had the legion of demons. And he... Um, It said they would chain him, but he would break through the chains, and he just ran away and lived in the tombs, ran away from everybody, and was living in the tombs by himself, and Jesus came to him, and Jesus cast out the demons, and so what I noticed about these people is, like I said, they all ran away from the persecution, from the threats, from people and God met them there. So maybe you're in the wilderness, not because God has brought you here, but because you have brought yourself, you know? And the thing I wanted to ask is, are you in a spiritual wilderness right now? You know, Have are you running away? Well, God's going to meet you there. Um, there's a Chris August song, and I can't think of it right now, but basically it says that. It's like, No matter where I run, you are there, okay? And God will meet you there, and he will provide your needs. He blessed Hagar. He provided food and strength for Elijah, and he cast out the demons of the the demon-possessed man. So what I wanted to ask you is where is your focus? You know, because we've looked at good things and bad things, you know, in the wilderness, And with the Israelites, they, it was a good thing, but they looked at it as a bad thing, you know. So ask yourself right now, at the beginning of this retreat, where is my focus? Am I focused on the fact that I do not have Wi-Fi and I cannot check things and I cannot check my Facebook and whatever, you know. Or are you saying, wow, that tree is really pretty, you know. And wow, look at all of the stuff that God has made. And wow, God has gotten me away from my job and my kids and my responsibilities for just a short amount of time. So I'm going to take advantage of it. So where is your focus? Um, Things aren't easy in the wilderness, but we are always safe because we are with God. Um, So I'll say that again. Things aren't easy in the wilderness, but we are always safe because we are with god so this morning while i i chose to walk up here from the cabin you know just to spend some time in nature you know um getting ready for my lesson and i i walked out on the bridge and i was looking at the stream well it's more like a river right now um you know because of all the rain it's flooded and the water is swirling and it's going by really fast and What I noticed was, you know, I thought about that with us sometimes. I mean, I can feel like life is just taking me, you know. I I am in the stream, and it is flooded, and I am just, you know, going down uncontrollably. But I looked, and I saw the trees. The trees were standing firm, and the water moved around the tree. You know, because it wasn't moving. The other thing I noticed is there were the the leaves in the sticks flowing down the stream, but there were some of the little branches that were in the stream and there were some leaves that were caught in those branches. And so as you think about the wilderness, God is that tree. God is those branches and we are those leaves. If we don't attach ourselves to God, we're gonna get sucked down the stream. But if we hang on to Him, we're safe. Those leaves weren't going anywhere. Okay. Um, so I wanted to to share this with you. Uh, my small group, or some people in my small group, were doing the uh, <clears throat> a devotional on youth version, and we were going through Revelation, and. Um, the the verse was in proverbs 20 i'm sorry proverbs 25 verse 2 let me find it oh it's the one passage i didn't mark in my bible so i actually have to look it up okay so proverbs 25 verse 2 So I was, and the the devotional we were doing was a an audio um, devotional, and so I thought what the guy had to say was really good, so I wanted to share it with you. So in verse or chapter twenty five, verse two, it says, "It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings." And I'm going to quote what he said because you know I you know can't say things very well sometimes. Um, It says, or he said. God creates mysteries. He conceals. It shows us his glory. We search things out. We are made to be full of wonder. He doesn't conceal to make a thing unknowable. He conceals to make us dig. Because there's something that we learn in the digging. So as you are here this weekend, as you go to the different lessons, as you go on the prayer walk, dig ask god what is it that you want me to learn god send your spirit to help me understand this help me understand you you know what is it that you need me to see and so i want to leave you with this what will you do with your time in the wild what will you dig for and i want to end in hosea Chapter two, our theme verse for this weekend, Hosea two, fourteen. It says, therefore I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. So I want to leave you with this. God has brought you here to speak to your heart. Will you listen? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for this building so that we don't have to be too much in the wild. But thank you for the nature around us. Thank you for the beauty. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for this group of ladies that has come here, you know, maybe in spite of uh, not being comfortable with this area. But thank you for the hearts that are in this room. And God, just Help us to have the right focus this weekend. Help us to dig. Help us to look for how you are providing for us and how you are leading us in this desert or this wilderness. God, help us to cling to you when we feel the waters rushing and pulling us through life. God, help us to just hang on to you because that's where our strength and our Comfort and our provision come from God. Um, help us to remember that we are safe in the desert. We are safe in the wilderness because You are there. And when we feel like we are in a spiritual wilderness, like Hagar or Elijah or the demon-possessed man, You meet us there. You know, You don't. You don't sit up in Your throne and as a a king lording it over us and say oh well you have to come to me you got off your throne and you came to us and when we are in that barren wasteland you come to us and you provide for us and you bless us and you heal us and so god help us to have that focus this weekend God, help us to learn whatever it is that you intend for us to learn this weekend. And thank you for all that you do for us. (laughs) You know, I mean, you've done everything. And so, God, forgive us when we are whiny and forgive us when we don't treat you with the respect that you deserve. Anyway, God, I love you so much and thank you for everything you've given. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.